Hello everybody and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub Podcast. My name is Damon and with me, of course, I have the Woodra as usual. Woody, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. It's good to be back for 2021 on the Nightclub. Damo, it is. And I'll tell you what hit me as we started this podcast was that this is actually our third calendar year recording podcast. It is. Which is is really scary because we started... The idea sprouted early 2019. You came to me about then. Yep. So it started the new new season, yep. mid-2019. Obviously, 2020 happened, and then now 2021. Mm-hmm. So three calendar years. That's so scary. So scary. It's nuts because I think we've done like 60-something episodes all up, if you include the minis, etc., which is pretty crazy. And you know, we have like a document of notes, which is, if you can scroll through to day one of last season, which is insane. I mean, yeah. if we keep this up for... You know, I mean, a couple of seasons. Imagine you know, if we were trying to think of something that happened three or four years ago. It's just all in this dock. I wonder how, how long it's going to take it to crash or something. But it is seriously um, you know, getting bulky. And it's been a good good time on the pod. But um, yeah, I mean, you didn't really answer my question, though. How, how was your New Year and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> my New Year was good because you know what? I spent it with you. Mm-hmm. Then we had a few drinks. Yep. You probably had a few too many. Yep. Uh, we had a boogie and you woke up with a very sore head in the morning. That was all pretty accurate. <laughs> accurate assessment from you you're a zombie but uh my christmas is really busy um obviously big family so you know it keeps me busy and, and keeps you on your toes that around that period what about yourself mate uh yeah just keeping up you know seeing family all that sort of stuff as you do keeping up with the premier league of course what else would i be doing but um <laughs> one thing that i was actually super impressed with woody was the, the social media uh, presence that we kept up during the festive season now um, obviously we mentioned this pretty much every podcast really about how happy we are with the socials and how it's a platform for our listeners to engage with us and other listeners. And it was something that happened, you know, over the festive season that really caught my eye on our socials. And it was in regards to Simon Hill, who came mm. onto the podcast at the end of the yes. end of the year, of course, last year. And he was great to have on. We had some pretty interesting discussions. He's a, he's a controversial man in some uh, areas of his beliefs, footballing-wise, of course. I'm talking yeah. football here. And um, and it, it really was something that we probably would have loved to have gone more into. And, of course, I'm talking about his views on Australian football fans talking about uh, the Premier League yes. and being fans of the Premier League in general. And we had a few heated comments in our social media, which I was really, really happy with, to be honest. It was nice to see. Yeah, it was good. I think it, it, it was all well and good to, to sort of talk about what we were going to try and, you know, not argue but debate with him yep. beforehand. But when you get face-to-face with a man, he's actually extremely intimidating. I don't know if it's the accent. Clearly, his knowledge is something that, you know... We couldn't match. We, we couldn't could. match. We can't match. And it's impossible because he's lived a lifetime in the footballing industry, in the media industry, calling games, writing about games, writing matchups, And he knows his stuff inside out as is part and parcel with his job. Yep. So for us to come on and test him on that, we could only scratch a surface. And especially in a 40-minute interview or 50-minute interview, whatever it was, mm. it, it limits about what we can talk about. We could talk about anything with him for another hour. Absolutely. And we could have debated him. And if you could see <laughs> behind the camera, obviously you can't yet, but... If you could see me, I was ho- I sort of had to hold Damon. You put back like an arm across me. It was almost as if you were swatting a fly away from my face. It was just like <laughs> relax. Well, I had to because I feel as if when Simon Hill made his point, and it was quite dramatic, as you can see on our socials. You can go have a scroll on that on Insta at Premier League Nightclub and on Twitter at PL Nightclub as well. But if you see that, you can very much notice how the mood changes in the chat <laughs> and he's quite dramatic the way he talks because clearly it hits home with him yeah i was gonna say but maybe you, we're the first podcast to mention it to him maybe he, as well. and i think you were about to explode i was weren't you I, I wasn't about to explode i was probably more about to bring up a few points that i had in my pocket ready to drop on him but in hindsight i think he's the type of man that he's not afraid to say what he thinks like let, let's be real here you and me woody we sit here and every now and then, for the sake of the podcast not going for three hours, one of us gives in. And for example, the team of the seasons that exactly. we do, we, we give, he's not that type of person. So I, I feel like you saved the podcast by not letting me uh, indulge in a few things. Because one, he could have ruined me. And two, if, 
it was a genuine 50-50 discussion, we would have been here for an hour and a half. So I feel like it was, it was good. But then we had our listeners do the job we couldn't do, which I was really happy with on the socials. So we should probably shout those people out because they were unbelievable. Yeah, 100%. Um, Let me just get that. Uh, shout out to at the football capital at Lou.19 and the other one was Elite Football Marketing who all questioned Simon's opinion, which was extremely brave. And, and, and Simon came He engaged. Back. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, he did. Fair play to, to Simon. He came back and, and rebutted his argument and made sure that you know his opinion was still known and he defended what he said on the podcast, which I was really surprised about. I don't know if he's seen... I don't. He doesn't do that on many other social media channels. So It took him a day or two to reply, so maybe he doesn't check his Instagram too much. But yeah, definitely it was good to yeah, see him. Yeah, it was great to see him you know, sort of uh, taking to the fans and, and engaging with the, with the, the nightclub community. Damo, I want to get stuck into some Premier League stuff because obviously Premier League nightclub, let's get into it. It's been a huge off-season, huge December period, mm-hmm. and the table's shaping up very interestingly. I know the top's getting saucy, and the middle, mid-table, is getting quite heated as well. It's really compressing, think, as we've said. You think what what was last season, we already... We were pretty confident on what the top four would be, let alone who the champion would be. This season, all we know is that Sheffield United are going to get relegated. We, we really know nothing else. Of course, a few other teams aren't looking great, and a few other teams are looking good. But that's all can change in the matter of weeks. I mean, we see Tottenham. Last podcast, we were talking about Harry Kane's acceptance speech. Now, they couldn't be further from the discussion other than maybe their win over Leeds. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I mean, that acceptance speech that you did was yeah, a little bit yeah, controversial. Yeah, look, yeah. What that was, speaking <laughs> of yeah, Instagram comments, we got a few on that, but we're not going to go into that one. No. Uh, but, Damo, I, I, the reason why I bring up this top table spiciness yep. is because I've, you don't know this, but I've actually gone deep into the annals of Premier League history to find a statistic that is genuinely going to blow the socks off our listeners. Yep. Blow yes. the socks off. I'll let a few people know it's coming. Bit, I don't know what's coming. Okay. So, as everyone knows, I'm a stat man. Yeah. Liverpool have led the league 53 out of 58 game weeks to date in the last two seasons combined. Let's, is that like every week Every week for the last, last season? Yeah. So, it's 37 out of the 38 okay, game weeks. Yep. The only one they didn't lead was actually the first game week, which was on goal difference. Because City, City won, I'm pretty sure, thumped won West 4 Ham. nil, 4 or 5 nil, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They've won, they've they've led 16 out of 17 game weeks this year, 2020-2021 season. Yep. Now, it really interested me this point in the season in particular, because obviously 17 weeks or games in, right, teams have better have established themselves as title contenders by now, or you're probably out of it. Mm-hmm. That's why I was thinking, okay, well, team, you know, halfway through the season sort of shores up. We'll see what's going on in the last, you know, let's call it 10 seasons because I want to find out how the teams and, and title races shape up from then. Yep. This is what I've got for you. Okay. And prepare yourself. The team on top of the table after 17 games has gone on to win the Premier League title in nine of the ten, last 10 years. Now, Consequentially, this means if Manchester United win or draw, e.g. take points, in their rescheduled match against Burnley, then statistically, Damo, they have a 90% chance of winning the league. Wait, 90% chance. So are you, are you crowning them after 17 game weeks? Is that what you're no, doing right now? because they haven't played their 17th game. That's true. That is true. And I'd say there's a 90% chance, which probably equates to about a dollar ten, dollar five odds. Mm-hmm. That's Demo's pretty dollars. damn short. Pretty damn short. I feel like you've gone seriously early, but at the same time, you're spitting facts. I'm spitting facts. This is hard facts. Last 10 years. So the dominant top six era. Top six really hasn't changed that much. Other than Leicester City, of course. Exactly. 90% chance win rate if you're top of game week 17. To go and win the title race. That's pretty the incredible. The only team that bottled it was 2013-14 Liverpool bottled it for City to win the title. And that was that was their best season before last season. So, for me, if United take points, I'm putting the house on United to win the title. Gee whiz. It's a massive, massive statement. And I feel like because we're having this discussion, 
you can confirm that it will be Burnley 1, Manchester United 0 <laughs> in about a week's time. Probably. But it's, it's one of those discussions, yeah, where... Well, it's one of those things, yeah, where we come into this season and I think a lot of people assumed Liverpool would win it again. Obviously, City had their, their strengths. Um, they lost David Silva, which I think a lot of people thought would be a big loss. And to be honest, it probably has shown a bit. Of course, they're missing a few few players as well due to COVID, and they've sort of um, you know brought that upon themselves at stages this season. But it's it, it is super interesting this title race, in that suddenly Tottenham, Man United, even Chelsea, but not so much recently, were all in the discussion. And I'm not sure whether that's football media craving another challenger to these two teams, or whether it's real. And I feel like we'll find that out. And I know you've come up with a stat there, <laughs> Woody, but the reality is that. Man United are probably the weakest team in the last 10 years to be on top after 17 weeks, if it were to happen. I think mm. we can all fairly say that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But something that is already happening uh, yeah, is the manager chaos that comes with oh, a title. Mate, I knew you were going to bring this up because this, this, is, this is actually pretty funny to talk about. I, I actually, I've been craving this. Just as much as I've wanted a new title contender for the last three, three years, three, four years, I, I have been craving... Some proper shit talk. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's been a little bit of it here and there. The one time I can really think of it, but even though it wasn't to the media, it was probably Lampard last season at Anfield when mm. there was obviously no fans. And so you could hear the manager speaking. Someone took a video behind him and, and basically said, you win the league once in, in 30 years and think you're, you're top shit or whatever it was. And, and then obviously the Liverpool, Liverpool players were laughing. Klopp was chirping back, and it was awesome to see. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm sure if Lampard had his moment again, he probably wouldn't have done it. But who cares? You know, like the, I'm sure every person that's been in the sporting industry has probably done something like that when the passion gets the better of them. And now we're seeing it in post-match press conferences. And I'm going to name a few here, Woody, and you, tell me which one your favourite was. Okay. Yep. Keeping in mind, this has literally all happened in the last four days. I reckon. Okay. Klopp felt the need to mention Manchester United's penalty count after their 1-0 loss to Southampton. Jose Mourinho felt the need to mention a couple of players that would dive in a situation where Sanchez put in a tackle on one of the Brentford strikers, but the Brentford striker stayed up and he gave him credit for it and said, yes, some people would dive. And he used like the hand motion as well to emphasize his point. And of course, Pep loves playing the victim card, but he's gone to a new level here, I think, by saying that he has little players due to COVID, well, when three of your players break the rules within the first, you know, four months of the season, probably not doing yourself a favour. <laughs> and of course, Solskjaer's response to Klopp's comments felt the need to bring Frank Lampard in it, where he said Frank did this last season where he calls out officials and influenced the game of the uh, FA Cup semi-final, where Solskjaer claims there should have been a penalty man United. And I think I've seen on social media, no one can actually find what the fuck he's talking about. You know, like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um but yeah, I think I, I absolutely love it. And which one did you find most humorous, Woodra? Uh, I reckon, I reckon the Pep always gets me, and the reason the reason he looks why, so sad when he says I it. I know <laughs> it's like someone's just killed his dog. Like I don't understand. <laughs> and the thing that gets me is that he's the, the media doesn't pick up on this, mm-hmm. but we do because we're not mainstream media. Yeah, he has been doing this. For years, playing the victim card, he always does it. It's insane. He it's does. crazy. I reckon we talked about it maybe in the second or third episode that we ever recorded of the Premier League nightclub. Mm-hmm. He just plays the victim card nonstop. And you know what? It keeps working because it seems as if there's never pressure on City. There's like There's never real pressure on City. I think they have the results to you know, give themselves that flexibility in their form. I, I agree. But mm-hmm. the way Pep manipulates the media... He creates, it's underrated. He creates the narrative that City are not the underdog, but they're always... Up against circumstances they can't control. Exactly. But yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like Injuries are injuries. But COVID is COVID as well. Don't and get me discipline, wrong. Discipline but of your players is a different issue. Exactly. And the, on this occasion, missing players and discipline is coming hand in hand at the moment. That's exactly. just the reality of, of the whole of the UK. And shout out to our UK listeners who are back in lockdown, by the way. We know more than anyone how much it sucks. So just whilst on the topic, yeah. yeah. And for those that don't know, we are based in, in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, which is um, probably the lockdown capital of the world Yeah, at one in, the last, in the last 12 months. But Damo, I love this shithousery. Yeah. Love it. And I don't want to say the league's gone soft because it, it isn't soft. 
But when you see a player or a manager deliver this sort of stuff, they stick out like dog's balls on mm. the pitch because if it's one of the managers, they're sure it's one of two. But if it's one of the players, it's one of 22 on the pitch delivering shit. Yeah, And yeah. there aren't many that do it anymore as well. Mm-hmm. So when you see it... It's good to see. It's good to see. You and love I, to see You it. see it creeping back into the game. I think with the competitiveness of the top six now, it's no longer one dominant team. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, last few seasons was obviously seen a dominant team. But this year... The everyone way feels there a chance. Mate, top, everyone in top, top probably eight is a chance yep. to finish... Top everyone in top twelve is a chance to finish top four, mm-hmm. and that the top happen. and the top maybe six or seven are capable of winning the title. Mate, Some even more Leicester are capable of winning. People forget Leicester at one point behind Liverpool. Yeah, people forget that. But you know what the thing is? I think it's so interesting to see a bit of grunt coming back into the you know a bit of hatred. It shows that the managers are feeling the right type of pressure. Yeah, and it's mate. I remember after the North London derby, players were hugging and shaking. You know, after the game. You don't like to say ten it? years ago. Ten years ago, if if you lost two nil in a London derby, you would be going straight down the pitch. You'd be berating your own players. You'd be flipping out, mm. not hugging the other player because you played with them in national team four weeks earlier. Yeah, times have changed, mate. Times have changed, but yeah, you're right. It is coming back, and pl- managers are feeling the pressure. They're saying things that they might regret, but you'd love to see it. I mean. When Mourinho used to call Wenger a specialist in failure, that, that just doesn't happen doesn't anymore. Happen it was only like five years ago, but it exactly. doesn't happen anymore. So hopefully oh. it does make some sort of a return. But Woody, it has been a pretty hectic festive season. I think we were lucky in terms of our podcast structure, how it's dropped, that we've sort of got an episode out now whilst those fixtures are done, a week off Premier League due to FA Cup and EFL Cup fixtures. And then, of course, there'll be a heap of fixtures throughout Jan again in about you know 10-day 10, 10 period teams are playing three, four times. So I feel like this is a good time to get stuck into, of the festive season, winners and losers. Oi, did someone say winners and losers? Sure did, mate. Yes, it is time for winners and losers, guys. Damo, before we head into this one, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I, know, I know who your winner is, but I want to ask you, Who's your winner? Man City or Tottenham Carabao Cup final? Sure. Um, I, Jay, I tell you what, I, I did feel that if Man United beat City, that Tottenham would win it. And I haven't watched as much City as I would have liked this season, but after watching them in the AFL Cup, they got Diaz, obviously the revival of John Stones, which I'm about to touch on, hint, hint. And, um, and obviously Cancelo, who's in unbelievable form. Aguero's about to come back. Hopefully, at least, yeah. I, I think I think City win it, given that it's in April. Obviously, the, Tottenham aren't winning their first silverware in ten years. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to win it via the. I, I think they. I actually think they're probably more likely to get it in the Europa League, if I'm being honest. Okay. I know it's miles off, and they're in a final, so technically, mathematically, that was a really dumb thing to say. <laughs> but I think City will win the EFL Cup, but I also think Tottenham are probably favourites for the for the Europa League, in my view. So yeah. With that being said, get into winners and losers, mate. Right. I've sidetracked it. Get, get on Sorry, it. you can't ask me these questions without expecting a long, long answer. <laughs> my winner is Manchester City. And I reckon Pep sits at home at the moment, gets his nice bottle of red out that he won from being you know manager of the month 300 times. Just shaved his head. Yeah, just shaved his head and, and he just goes... <laughs> I'm so happy. More than you can, more than you believe. More than you believe. I'm so happy. Because the media are forgetting about Manchester City and it's working in his favour big time, yeah? If City win their games in hand, they go one point behind Liverpool as well. Okay? Now, let's have a look at the circumstances surrounding Manchester City at the moment. We've already touched on, in terms of the title race, that they've been missing players because of COVID. Aguero is not playing. They're missing a lot of chances, despite actually their chance creation is still about the same as it was last season. Uh, but the thing is, their defense, yeah? They've conceded 13 goals, the least in the league. And I was watching Sky Sports on, on my computer the other day, and the headline for this particular video was, Can Manchester City win the league? What? Is the Pope Catholic? Seriously, what? Like, what sort of discussion is that? <laughs> Like, they're one point behind, have the most title-winning experience in the league other than Liverpool at the moment, given like you know how many titles... They- Actually, you know what? They probably have more than Liverpool because a lot of them have won two or three titles in that squad. 
compared to Liverpool's only just won one. So they've got the most title-winning experience in the league. They're one point behind the leaders or two points behind the leaders, depending on how many points Man United get out of that game with Burnley. And yet we're still asking the question if they can win the league. Like, they're favourites by the bookies, yet the media hasn't picked up on it yet. It's bizarre that City aren't getting the respect they definitely deserve. Reason being, I personally, I reckon, I hate to touch on this and I hate to digress, but I reckon it is because media is so caught up on positions on the league table, not points. That's true. I honestly reckon that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Until it suits them, though. Yeah, For example... Well, they, create, they, write, they create narratives. Yeah, they do. Big time, big time. So, yeah, I think it's... Man City are my massive winner. Can you imagine what they're going to be like when they get all those players back? Yeah, fire out. They're going to be hard to catch, I reckon. And we know City can go on a run of 10, 12, 15 games without losing. Yeah, fresh off a Carabao Cup final win as well. Well, according to me, at least, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Woody, who is your winner? Arsenal. Gee whiz, mate. Have we just been ro- <laughs> haven't we just been <laughs> no, roasting? No, 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 no. Have we just been roasting uh, mainstream media for being flip flop yeah, and creating no, no. a narrative? Yeah, uh, hold up. Before I, I, everyone would have heard Arsenal and would have been laughing when they thought because I roasted them a few weeks back. You roast them every week, mate. Of course, I roast them. Every- Why wouldn't you? I, <laughs> Arsenal and Burnley are my two beta teams. That's true. My two beta teams. Word of warning here, though, Arsenal fans. This selection is actually out of pity, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> You're asking why, Damo? Sure. Because the recent <laughs> one of the recent run of form, right, and the couple of upcoming games are like putting, let's say, fresh plaster over a leaking roof. Mm-hmm. It's going to fix it for now, but you know in a couple of days, watermark's going to start showing. It's going to come crumbling yet again, right? And, and, and it's just going to be raining from the ceiling. Oh, but we've won three of our, our last three games in the league, you might say, and I know Arsenal fans will be on top of the world because they're literally, their emotions are like roller coasters. I get it. I get it. You have to eat what you've been given. Yeah, and you know what? Fair, fair, fair play to them. They're probably going to grab wins against Crystal Palace and Newcastle in the next two game weeks. Maybe. Right? You'll have to wait for Damon's dollars to find out. All right, sure. But you wait. When everyone is in you know, an, an all-time high at Arsenal, like it seems like it is every January, every February, shit hits the fan. Everyone's getting around Arteta saying he's a new pep. Damo, be warned, because I'm telling you now, and I'm warning Arsenal fans right now, bang, fixtures against Southampton, United, Wolves, Villa, Leeds, City, Leicester, six of which are either on equal points or above the gunners on the table. Only one exception there is the Wolves who are one point less, and you'd argue without their star striker and had issues on the pitch as well. Arsenal are about to come crashing down. Man, aren't they your winner? Are you going to spit some positivity? No, no, it's a word of warning. I'm saying to them, I win it right now, but don't get ahead of yourself. All right, all right. Because every roller coaster that goes up has to come down. Yep. All right. So Arsenal fans, beware. Enjoy it while it lasts, because it's here right now and probably for another two weeks, but do not expect it to stay for any more than two weeks, because it's going to get pretty bloody grim in the next two months. I'm going to hold you to this, Woodrow, because I'm sick of your flip-flop around Arsenal. I feel sorry for our Arsenal fan listeners. You you roast them yeah. every chance you get, and you jump back on them every chance you get. Uh, Time to be I'm held not, to account. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not jumping I'm not jumping off them or on them right now. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is enjoy it while it lasts, because Arsenal fans, the expectations go higher than any team in the league. Personally, I think they haven't been good for 15 years. If they expect them to come out, sign one or two players and win the bloody league or contest the top four. I don't understand that the, the expectations are so unrealistic and they beat teams below them, but they can't realistically demolish teams ahead of them. Their ceiling is not that high right now. And that's why I'm saying enjoy while you're playing teams lower than you, which they are in Newcastle and, uh, and Palace. But when you're playing teams which are around you on the table and six of the nine or whatever it is are above you, get ready because shit's going to hit the fan and it's going to be the exact right. same thing. I'm going to remember this. Truth is going to say, I'll tell out, fam. <laughs> and Crunky, you better know. I'm going to see you in New York. You know what I mean? You have to understand. You have to understand. Fixtures are fixtures. I, I, I get that. But apart from two weeks, they've got a they've got a fixture from hell coming up. Mm-hmm. So Damo, let's move into losers because I'm actually going to flip it here. <laughs> oh. uh, my loser is a team that I reckon we haven't said a bad thing about this team since we started doing the podcast. I cannot remember an episode where we sat there and went, you know what, this team's been bad, and that is the Wolves. 
the Wolves have actually... We've been praising them the whole time. We've often considered them as the 7th slash 8th team, best team in the Premier League since we started doing this podcast. But I think it's time we call them out a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I know they're out without Real Jimenez. And I'm also on the side now. I'm glad to hear he's back in training doing some basic fitness work. But the reality is now they're 13th. They've only scored 18 goals, which is the equal fifth lowest in the league. For All four of those teams are below them or equal on points with them. They've also dropped some really dumb points recently. And you know I'm big on this, Woody. I think I spoke about it with, in regards to West Brom a couple of uh, episodes ago and, and maybe another team where I, I just can't stand these these teams. Wolves probably an exception in that they're better than this. And that's maybe why it even annoys me more. And that is they dropped dumb points, last-minute goals against Man United and Villa, mm-hmm. which cost them a point. They were 3-1 up against 17th place Brighton, uh, drew 3-3. And then on top of that, they have a terrible run of form against Burnley away. And again, they lost 2-1 to Burnley. And I feel like they have to cash in on these sort of fixtures because despite them actually only being three games outside the top four in terms of points, ready for this, Woody? Nine of their next 12 league fixtures are against teams in the top 11. Which means they only don't play two of the top 11 for the next 12 weeks. And they are Man United and Spurs. So they actually have a seriously tough run. The only saving grace here for them, and this is the difference between you and me, Woodrow, is that I look at the bigger picture. Shut up. And that is that if you actually look at how Wolves have gone, they've played better against some of the better teams. So Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, they either won or drew against those teams. And some of them were away from home as well. So I think they're not necessarily in huge trouble because they play well against big clubs the way they set up, which we touched on heaps last season, to be fair. But I do worry that if they don't cash in now, which they pretty much haven't, that I'm not saying they're going to get relegated or anything. They're going to be safe. But I think if they didn't finish in top 10, they'd be incredibly disappointed when it looks like guys like Podence, Neto, and Matinho is getting on in age. They're either going to leave or retire almost. They've got to sort of cash in. It's the best Wolves team that it could get. So, yeah, that's my loser. Yeah, I see what you mean. Woody, who is your loser? Mm, you've unsettled me there, Damon. I won't lie. But my loser, my <laughs> loser, my loser is West Brom. Now, I was a bit stuck here to choose the loser only because I didn't want to slate the team that took points off the champions. Yeah. Which is fair. I think that's an unbelievable effort. Not many teams have been able to do it. But far out, West Brom, you are actually in a different class. It is a <laughs> joke. These guys are like the Robin Hood of the Premier League. They take points off the big six, big six, a la City Liverpool, and hand them straight back to the shit teams like Newcastle and Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> now, they suck Billich, but they're still shit, Damo. <laughs> they're still so shit. For the life of me, I actually have no clue why they would have sacked him after they took points off City. Which I is, that had to have been pre-planned. Had yeah. to have pre-planned. It's like Van Gaal getting sacked after they won the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. It's just so dumb. No matter what the outcome is, good or bad, amazing or shit, they're still going. Yep. Yes, Big Sam is a proven relegation survivor, but they barely, barely gave Slav a go. Mm. It was like 14 game weeks. Crazy. Crazy. They sit second last, Damo. Six points deep. Elbow deep in relegation. Mm -hmm. Six points elbow deep. But they may as well be last because Sheffield United are pretty much a write-off. They're basically the bye week this season. Yeah. Basically the bye round. They have the worst goal difference in the league with negative 28. And since they sacked the Slav, they've conceded 14 (laughs) in four games. Nine in the last two Nine games in the last two. You mean four nine, goals, nine goals in the last two. You said nine games. Sorry, nine goals in the last two games. Yep. Four against Arsenal, five against Leeds. You know, Fuck. You know what's hilarious? You, we were talking, obviously, about the manager banter. forgot to mention that uh, Big Sam, after the game against Liverpool, said, you know, Jürgen has some fantastic players in that squad, but he's also spent a lot of money. If Jürgen had my team, he wouldn't have been able to do what I did today. <laughs> Talks about some absolute shit houseery yeah, and proceeds, proceeds to concede nine goals in the next two yeah, games. Outrageous, outrageous. What a position they're in, though, because this is going to be an entertaining second half of the season, Damo. I won't lie. If West Brom are letting in nine goals every two games, 
14 <laughs> goals conceded under Big Sam. <laughs> Slav is going to be sitting there in his new job. In China, yeah. Pissing himself. <laughs> pissing himself. Oh, I, Jesus I quite, Christ. I quite like that. Mate, they are going to make some opposition fans very, very happy <laughs> and fill them with some fake hope going into the second half of the season. It'll be interesting to see how they go. I'm quite curious. All right, Woody, uh, it's time to get stuck into something that we do quite enjoy doing now. We do it on every single episode, mm-hmm. pretty much. And uh, make sure to keep hitting us up on those socials, at Premier League Nightclub on the uh, Instagram and at PL Nightclub on the Twitter. And that is because... Every single week, you can get involved in some social media sauce. All right, Woody, we put the question out. We posted a picture of the big moments of the last few weeks, and we said, people, send in your questions. Because if you do send in questions, and your question gets picked by either me, you, or the special guest as the best one, depending on what week it is, you get a $30 gift voucher to Arrow Sport. How good's that? Of course, Arrow Sport, best kid maker in the game. You can catch him on Arrow Sports. Or uh, hit up Adrian Benoza on Instagram, mate. The guy is a weapon. He makes He's the a workhorse flyest well. kits I've ever seen, Damo. Mm-hmm. Flyest kits. He's unreal. He's seriously unreal. And he's ready to give $30 worth of value away to to give people you know that sensation of wearing a football kit. How Best good of is all, it? Damo, every single week, one of these is up for grabs. Exactly. Every single week. That's you could literally ask a question every single week. Even if you've already won one, you, you, we're not going to ignore you. We're yeah. just going to keep... Putting you through through the system and see if you come out the other end. Mm. So yeah. So what we've done, Damo, we've picked the best three questions on our socials yep. to give them to the listeners because we don't want to dilly dally with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. We want to hit everyone with the hottest topics straight away. So pick the best three. Worth noting, we'll just... some weeks it'll be five, some weeks it'll be four, but yeah, we sort of just pick the ones that are worth worth getting on. And exactly. And this week it was three. At crazy hot dog double O. Are Villa serious title contenders this season? Why are you laughing, Woody? Why are you laughing when you say that? Some of our biggest podcast fans are Villa fans. I know, I know. I'm not laughing. I'm not, I'm not trying to laugh. You told me to answer the question because I, uh, I think you've lost it. No, no. I'll, I'll, we'll, we're going to answer it together. All right. So if they win their two games that they have in hand, Damo, they're probably going to go, what is it, 13? They're going to go third. They're going to go third. They'll go third. Yep. And if City win theirs, they'll probably... Villa will come down to fourth. Yeah, because they play each other as well. They so. do. They do. So yeah. someone's, something's going to be figured out there. Anyway, let's say they let's say they do their best. They finish third or fourth after they make up the games. Yeah. Are they still in contention with City, Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool, United? Answer me. Look, I want to say no, but I've watched more Villa than I thought I would come this season. And even, I honestly last season watched more than we thought we would. Yeah, and, and I can safely say the levels that some of those players are playing at, I didn't think they were capable. We knew what Jack Grealish was capable of, but El Golzi. El Golzi, mate. That's what they're calling him. I know it's El Golzi. Oh, El Golzi, yeah. El Golzi. You want to be like a stunned mullet for a second. I was like, come on, mate. Anyway, sorry, Woody, I sort of cut you off. But yeah, no, I I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say they're not. I don't think they're in the I don't think they're in contention. Tyrone Minger? He's actually been pretty poor, to be honest. I, I, I know we had him in our 30-man squad, he but co- I feel he like... Cost, he cost some points in the last few games. Yeah, and he was very fortunate that his team beat Palace 3-0 after he got sent off real stupidly in mm. you know, b- both incidences. Incidences, yeah. With uh, mm. with Wilfred Zaha. He sort of got baited big time in, in regards to that. But I, I look, to all the Villa fans that are listening, because as I said, we, we actually have a heap. It's crazy. I even put out on the on the Twitter a poll to ask who's going to win the league. We had Man City, Liverpool, and Man United, and the comments were filled with "Where's Aston Villa?" Now, I actually love I love the confidence. We even had someone retweet us and quote their their betting slip of putting money on Aston Villa, and I absolutely I love that about about the world game. It's you know, a sport in general. It's awesome. Mm. But get on with it. Come on. Can you see? Can you seriously see Aston Villa winning the league? I, I can, I can see them back in top four. I, can, I, I was going to say, don't count. Make, uh, I think City and Liverpool are the ones that look, you have to sort of look past them, yeah. unfortunately. That's the way the game is. That's the way the landscape hey, of the Premier Villa League is. Villa beat Liverpool 7 2, mate. I, I understand, <laughs> but I think squad depth wise, they're very hard to catch at the moment without serious investment. That's true. Villa have actually used the least amount of plays in the league, and I think they've come up with the starting lineup for the last, like, five or six weeks since El Ghazi's come in. So, like, it's uh, it's very 
hard to see them being able to cover any sort of injuries because, oh, to be fair, we haven't seen a lot of the squad, but based on Dean Smith's selection, it suggests they don't have a lot after that starting 11. Mm. Well, we see team, teams catch fire and you never know you're going into the season. Don't rule them out, but I'm banking more pick on where the top they, pick, four. pick where they finish right now. Fifth. I'm going to go seventh. Sorry to the fans. If, they, if we offered them seventh or fifth at the start of the season, they'd take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, considering so, they scraped by relegation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, they, mate, there should be a bloody legal action that they, they stayed up last set, season. Settle, settle, settle. We don't want to lose listens each week. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, at Felix.Mahalia. Mahala. Uh, thoughts on Arsenal putting their faith in Smith Rowe instead of bringing someone in? Damo hit me. Uh, I, think, I think you've got to look at this from the circumstantial perspective in that I think Arteta clearly... Granted, he was actually injured at the start of the season, but clearly, um, he probably wasn't in Arteta's mind a flat starter from you know from the start of the season. Probably didn't have him expecting to play as much as he has in the last few weeks. But he's been more than impressive. We've also got to remember, you know, if the transfer window, even though it's January, it's a bit harder to sign players. If it was the transfer window in the summer right now, would would Arsenal sign someone else? Probably not. You're, do you, you don't think they'd sign a number 10 to replace, no. let's say, Ozil, who's no. going to go? No. You think they'll keep the faith with Smith-Rowe? I think I, I, Arsenal Arsenal don't make huge January signings. Well, no, even if it was in the... Yeah, the, but I know. Yes, maybe a, a big name, a 50 million you know, pound player, but I don't... Dude, it's hard. It's always up and down. I see. I see them bringing someone in that's not an exact fit, mm-hmm. which I feel like they do all the time, and they make them fit. Okay. They fit. They fit square pegs into circle, circular holes, or maybe it's the other way around. Circle pegs into square holes. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. But I do agree in playing some more youngsters. It's clearly worked. Well, clearly least, worked. You know, you look, imagine, look at Saka's resurgence. And he only came in to fill in a left-back role. And now he's a quality right wing. And he got given the number seven. Yeah. There you go. Dude, the ki- the, the, they got, they've got good kids. Just play them. Yeah, they you- can't get any worse than yeah. where they are at the moment. Their, their floor is n- probably not far below where they are now. But it's their a- ceiling is a lot higher. And I know I'm flipping around on Arsenal here. But realistically, like those top six teams, they can't get... They haven't got the potential to be shitter than what they are now. Yeah. So that's why I play them if they can. They've got enough quality players around them to elevate these kids. And that's exactly what they're doing at the moment. They find out they got the quality within. I reckon if I was Artessa in the Arsenal board, I would put I'd put faith in Smith Rowe for the, at least the rest of the season. No yeah. need to rush into anything in January. Look, like, all right, yeah, you might still believe you can make top four, top six. Are you willing to spend fifty million pounds on, or even more, maybe if you need to take overspend to take a gamble? Probably not. Smith is showing enough. Yeah, you don't have to play a number ten. Obviously, Arsenal look a lot better when they do, but they don't necessarily have to. Mm. And so, I reckon, yeah, I, my thoughts on Arsenal backing him in the first place is well done. But I also want to see it them continue to back him for at least till the end of the season. This is what Chelsea thought last season. This season is a write-off. Play the kids, and it worked. And it worked for Chelsea. Why can't it play for? Why can't it work for Arsenal? If they have got people going out there, knowing they have nothing to lose, and they will get backed in for three, four games, get a string on, maybe play seven or eight games in a row. Mm-hmm. What have they got to lose? Nothing. Nothing. But they have everything to gain. Mm-hmm. Everything to gain, and that's why at uh, Felix Mahala. I do love Smith Rowe getting the faith from Arteta and the playing group to play. Because you know what? If they do this with more kids, as they've seen in the past, they are only going to grow. This season's done for them. Get some growth. Find out who's worth keeping and who's worth letting go. Yep. Next question, at jono.ek. What is the deal with Aguero? Will he ever start? Spends more time streaming on Twitch these days than playing football. (laughs) Does he actually? He does, yeah, he does stream on. What does he what does he stream? Oh, during FIFA? Lock, he streams everything, but um like you know, GDA, FIFA, COD, Fortnite. Recently he's been playing a heap of four guys on on his PlayStation. But no, as if you haven't seen the photo where he's got his um Premier League man oh, yes, matching with seen, his camera. Seen, yeah, seen, yeah. So that's yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure a couple of months ago he was the number one uh 
an increase in followers on Twitch in the world. Like he was in really uh, like probably like growth, whatever that category would come under in the charts. He was number one. I'll tell you who the first contract to nightclub gaming is going to. <laughs> Sergio, Sergio Aguero. Aguero. Well, uh, yeah, no, uh, on that, it is weird that he hasn't played more considering all we're hearing is that it's more uh, a trust thing now for Pep in that Pep doesn't obviously, obviously doesn't want him to get injured again. And, and his injury has been one that stuck with him for quite a while now. Mm. It's as, as much is it, as... Is it an age thing? Uh, probably it has some sort of influence, but I'm not sure how much of it. I do believe he's out of contract at the end of the season or at the end of the next season. I might be wrong. Um, you can't honestly see him leaving, can you? No. Without I, a successor. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. It's um, It's becoming... It's becoming quite clear that Gabriel Jesus might not be the man to lead the line after Aguero because I would say, although J- Gabriel Jesus was outstanding, say, two, three seasons ago, I think he's still at that level, which is a good level, but it's not what, what, they, want him to be. what they want him to be. They would have hoped that um, you know he, he sits in that team for a long period of time and does a job, maybe not to Aguero standards, but to the team standards. And I feel mm. like just isn't as uh, lethal as they would have liked. But yeah, Woody, I just looked up. I'm pretty sure Aguero's out of contract at the end of the season. Look, at the end of the day, in terms of Aguero, I don't think they can afford to move him on unless they have someone that's ready to fill his place. Take your time. It's going to be different. You're losing one of the best Premier League players in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Take your time with finding an, you know, an appropriate replacement. And until then, just back him in. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's still serviceable, and he's still amazing. He's still top five strikers in the league. Mm-hmm. But will he be there for another two, three years, performing at the same level? Probably, Probably not. Now, Woody, this this is becoming a little bit of an issue because we've done. I think the last two times we've sat here next to each other, just you and me, mm-hmm. we haven't done a Damo's Dollars. And I think that's because the most recent one we've done went absolutely abysmally. And I spoke about this probably the last time saying it went abysmal. Well, the time before. So, and the time before that. And the time before that. And so, the time before that. All right, go easy. All right, so basically, what I'm thinking here is that Damo's Dollars needed a little bit of a refresh. And okay. I think I... To be honest, it's not really that different to what I usually do, but it is a little bit uh, more detailed as to what I was doing when it first came around last season. I've probably steered away from what I would like to do. So it's time to get stuck into the infamous, the one and only Damo's Dollars. Show me the money. All right, Woody. So what I was talking about in regards to not really doing what I was, what I brought Damo's dollars to the podcast to do, and that was analyze the history, the stats, the facts to get the money's value. I went away from. It. I was going off the vibe too much. You know, I, I remember I used to say that I pick one game on vibe and the rest are back in based on the facts. Yeah. I think I was backing in the vibe too much. Okay. So I've okay. thrown the vibe out the window. Okay. Because, for example, first up, I've got Newcastle to win versus Sheffield at $3. Now, that's, that's crazy. It is, it is great value, but it's at Sheffield United. So I think that's where the value comes from. And so my original thought, yeah, on Vibe, yeah, yeah. I was Sheffield United win or draw. And I think that was at about $1.40 or something. But, 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 but. Then I looked at the history. Last season, Sheffield United... Lost 2-0 to Newcastle. Do you remember when Henderson stopped because he thought John Joe Shelby was offside and uh, Shelby scored and, and it was like, oh, yeah, offside. Yeah, I do remember that. Was, yes. That was that game. And then during Re- Project Restart, when Sheffield United couldn't kick a ball for the first few weeks, Newcastle hammered them 3-0 and even Joe Linton scored. So you get the idea about how these teams match up against each other. 5-0 aggregate over the two games last season. Newcastle... Despite this would be a very Newcastle thing to do to not win this game, or even hand Sheffield their first win of the season. Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Sheffield United go down to Newcastle here and at $3, outstanding value. I think you'd have to agree with that, Woody. That's... Oh, I can't... I'm, I'm not, I don't know what I'm seeing here. <laughs> Next up, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. A draw at $4. Now, you know I mention this every time, that Arsenal love a beat-up 
of a lower team, especially at home, which is where we are. But I said that last time, and they lost to Burnley 1-0 at home. So I had to reassess. And I thought, no, 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 no. They, they can't stuff it up again. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll destroy Crystal Palace at home. But then I went back to the facts, the history. And that is that three out of the last four times these two have met, it's ended in a draw. The only other time was a Palace win 3-2. So Arsenal haven't won a game against Palace in their last four. And so I just cannot trust the Gunners here. I know they've hit form. But honestly, it's probably been a while since Arsenal have won four games in a row, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it here. So you're saying you're backing me in? I am. I am no. Are you no? I'm backing in the fact. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you gave them a, a, a win in the first place. Uh, you made them your winner in the first place. No. Yes. I just didn't say they probably wouldn't lose. Woody, can you please not interrupt my segment? Oh, <laughs> Next up, Burnley versus Man United, and I rarely include Manchester United in my multis because. History suggests they have been up there with Arsenal in flakiness of performances. They can drop a random L. They have a tumultuous history. They do, especially in the last few years. But I've gone a Man United win here at $1.40 because it's away from home. Now, we all know about Man United's away form this season. They haven't lost for about since January, I think, away in the league. The last This time last year, though, interestingly, Man United lost 2-0 at home to Burnley which actually fast-tracked a signing of a bloke called Bruno Fernandes. I don't know if you've heard of him. Bruno. And so, basically, <laughs> that sign, that loss more or less triggered Man United to pay the money for a signing called Bruno Fernandes. This time, Manchester United go to Burnley with the chance to go top of the league. If you talk about a 12-month difference, it's quite remarkable. Okay, It's somewhat symbolic. And so, I reckon, no matter what happens here, no matter how badly Man United play... I think a Bruno Fernandes dodgy penalty that he has to take three times in the 90th minute because the keeper went off his line, it's still going to happen. Like If that has to happen, it will. The football gods will get Man United over the line here, and I believe Man United will be go three points clear at the top of the table. Can, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. This could be genuinely fate that the year, almost a year to date after Fernandes comes in, after they lost 2-0 to Burnley, mm-hmm. they could beat Burnley to go top of the table. Incredible. It, it, is, it is absolutely insane. And so with this uh, you know, Manchester United run that they're on, I think it continues. So yeah, $1.40. I think it's great value, to be honest, away at Burnley. Is there another league? Yes, there is one more league. Oh, there is, okay, yeah. there is one more league. Yeah, sure. It's a four-leg multi. What do you like it is every week? Okay. Can you stay with me, mate. Stay with me. Right. Last one, Aston Villa versus Tottenham. Win or draw for the Spurs at a dollar forty-five. Wow! I think this is I think this is good, and this is where I've caught a little bit of you know been like, nah, we've got to cover ourselves here because Aston Villa are a good team. I've touched on that. We touched on that about ten minutes ago. In all honesty, I reckon I should do this more. The double chance is something that Damo's dollars needs to pay more attention to. How many times do I back an underdog and ends up being a draw, or how many times do I back a draw because I feel you know a lower league. A lower team could do well, and they end up bloody winning. Or how many times he put on a multi and doesn't come off? <laughs> Quite a lot. But for example, yeah, <laughs> last season I picked Chelsea to drop points to West Ham. I didn't expect West Ham to bloody win, so that cost us a multi. This sort of stuff needs to stop happening. So this is why I'm doing it. And although I'm backing the favourite in this situation, Aston Villa are a good team. Yeah. Last two times they've met, it's been really interesting because. I don't know if you remember, Woody, last time Villa and Spurs played, um, Engels, the centre-back at Villa, scored, but then he made a monumental error in cooking the clearance, and Son went through and scored a 94th-minute winner. So a poor Villa team almost got a point against Spurs. And then the last time they played before that was the opening day of last season, where McGinn scored, went 1-0 up, and they held that 1-0 lead for a large amount of time until Spurs sort of got the damn wall to burst open and they scored three goals and won 3-1. So with those two results in mind from a poor Villa team, I think you can't count Villa out here. And that's why I've covered ourselves with the draw at $1.45. And the total odds for that, $24.36. So if you put $10 on it, you win $243.60. I can see strongest one to date, Damien. Let's run through the legs quickly again. We've got Sheffield United versus Newcastle. Newcastle to win at $3. Yep. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. A draw at $4. Burnley versus Manchester United. A Manchester United win at a, uh, $1.40. 
Aston Villa versus Tottenham. Win or draw Spurs at $1.45. Chuck 10 bucks on it. That's netting you $243.60 return. Now, Woody, I know you say every week that you're going to actually put the money on, but this time I might actually do it. I'm actually really happy with this one. This is actually cool. There's some usually, value there. Usually I slay you off air, but this is actually not, this is not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, mate, I've gone back to the basics and we're going to, it's going to come off. I think you have to. Back to the foundations. Woody, I think this is a good time to wrap up the podcast and it's something, there is one thing we need to quickly touch on and mm. that is that big things are coming at Nightclub FC and we, we mention it quite often to be Every honest. Every week. But it is finally going to happen. We've been sitting down today. We're doing our... Uh, we're going to purchase some sort of camera. We're going to purchase some lighting, set up a little bit of a studio and YouTube, TikTok, Instagram reels. They are coming. And I want to say, if not by next podcast with a very special guest, it'll be the one with just you and me following either or work that it will not be past that. I just, unless something happens out of our control. Guaranteed. Damon, we say it, I reckon every podcast, but the reason why we want our listeners to know that we do not want to fluff this up. Mm Mm-hmm. We want to get it right the first time. Hit the ground running and not take three steps back. We want to we want to hit it straight away, head on, perfectly, and deliver you guys the best experience that you go, wow, not, oh my God, this is shit. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we want to do, isn't it, Damo? It's a highly competitive uh, industry as well. We have, to, yep. we have to face that and we have to be honest about that. Completely. So we don't want to just put a toe in. We want to put our whole freaking body in and get involved. Yep. You get it? Yep. All right, cool. 100%. We want to... We want to just not just dive, fucking cannonball, empty the pool. Exactly. But Woody, we're going to be posting those things when it is ready to go all over the socials, letting everybody know. And if they want to hit us up on those socials, look at that sort of content. Where can they find us? You can find us on Insta, guys, at Premier League Nightclub. And Damon, where can you find us on the Twitter? You can find us on Twitter, at PL Nightclub. Big thank you to Arrow Sport, who's helped us a lot in the last few weeks, sort out some stuff. Who's that, the winner? That will also... Oh, we, this is what I'm hey, getting at. This yes. is what I'm getting at. Big thank you to Arrow Sport. They've sorted us out big time. We might even have some kits ready to A, maybe give away and B, us to wear on camera. But it draws me to my point where the winner of the social media sales is at Felix.Mihala. Well done, young man. Congrats on your $30 uh, gift voucher to Arrow Sport. We'll be in contact soon. Hopefully we can sort that out for you. Maybe if you are, you know, no rush to do your purchase, you want to make sure you get the right kit for you. But when you do, make sure you send us a picture. We'll chuck it up on our socials or something like that. There's a big thank you. So we'll sort something Maybe out Maybe sponsored there. by Premier League Nightclub. Yeah, exactly. Bang. So yeah, that, that'll, be, that'll be good. Congratulations to you, Felix. Thank you, everybody, for having a listen. Woody, I know this is your favorite bit, so I'll let you take it away from here. I'm out of here. Yes, Damo, thank you so much for taking away with the Premier League Nightclub. Guys, thank you for tuning in as well. We we provide the podcast, you provide the ears. Audio gold straight in your brain. Thank you very much for bringing the Premier League Nightclub. We'll catch you next time with a very special guest. Ciao.